You are listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley and I'm your host. Today we are talking about the Integrated Personnel and Pay System, Army. If you've been with the podcast for a while, you may remember we did an episode on this back when we first got started with the podcast. With the system going live relatively soon, we wanted to connect with the team again to get an update. So joining me is Colonel Rebecca Eggers, IPSA Functional Management Division Chief, and Sergeant Major Jerry Kress, IPSA Senior Enlisted Advisor. So thank you both for joining me again. Thanks for having us, Ashley. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. It's good to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So before we get too far along, um, can we just get a refresher? What is IPSA? Um, Of course. So, um, you know, IPSA is... uh, Obviously, you said it in your in, in your opening, the Integrated Personnel and Pay System Army, um, but it's our new online and mobile human resources and talent management system. So um, it takes all of our legacy systems and really puts them into one place um, for our S1 shops. Um, but it is used at every level of the Army. Um, so we've got capabilities for leaders. We've got um, things that soldiers can do. And then primarily our HR professionals, this will be their weapon system. Um, so, you know, soldiers are going to be requesting leave, supported, you know, submitting their record updates, um, certifying their promotion points, all the things that we used to do in our old systems um, right in IPSA now. And so we really are, are working hard to get this on the street because we know that IPSA is going to better the lives of um, of soldiers by reducing the personnel and pay errors, the gap between, you know, when a personnel transaction processes and when a pay transaction processes, and it really gives them full transparency of, of actions, which is one of the things that soldiers have craved um, for a while is just to be able to see what's going on um, with with their action as it routes through the process. You, you mentioned know, leave, and I, re- I remember, oh, sorry, go ahead, Sergeant Major. Oh, I apologize. Uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, that uh, everything that Colonel Egger said is is remarkably accurate, obviously. So uh, one thing I always mm-hmm. like to say, you know, what is IPSA? You know, if we're talking about people and people being the number one priority, it's, uh, you know, this is the Army People's Strategy Enabler, right? It's our way to take care of, of folks, soldiers and families and really manage the talent across the Army. Right. And I remember last time we talked, when we were talking about leave and the idea of my husband being able to sit on his couch, get on the app and and put in his leave right there when we're talking about what we want to do. Um, and we're going to talk more about leave here in a little bit. Um, but Ipsay has had a long developmental and testing process. Can you talk about why that has been? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there there are really a couple of reasons Um you know, the biggest one is, you know, from a functional standpoint, from from what we do day to day, you know, IPSA release three has has just an enormous amount of functionality. So, you know, we are taking all of our legacy systems um, and putting them into one place. Um, and that's systems that operate at different levels. And in some cases there, you know, we have systems that just manage officers and systems that just manage enlisted. And now we're having to try to collapse all of those processes into one place um, and then still be able to talk to all of the other systems that we need data from. So, for instance, you get promotions promotion points for, you know, your weapons qualification. So we need, in order to calculate a soldier's promotions points, we need to get that information from ATMS. So it's building all those interfaces to make sure that we can run the business processes. So it takes a while um, to to really design all of that and then to make sure it all works. So that's kind of where we're at. 
Um, sure. And then um, from an acquisition standpoint, you know, it's just really the size of the legacy systems, you know, because of how robust IPSA is, um, we have to do this external testing, um, which takes a little while. You know, we want to make sure the system's right before we go into this external test, which is the limited user test that we just came out of, um, because we want to be successful. So um, that really adds to the timeline to get to get this out. So when do you think um, you guys will go live and this will be available? Yeah, so I, I want to make sure I remind folks that, you know, release two of IPSE is already um, out for the guard. So, you know, although it's, you know, just um, was there SIDPERS functionality, you know, SIDPERS was created in the 1980s. So we've we've upgraded the guard, um, so to speak, um, into the 21st century. And then, you know, really what we're going to do is later this year um, is what we're shooting for is to bring everybody else in. So that timeline is, is still um, a bit up in the air as we work through all of the changes that we need to make um, before we go live. But uh, it's it's not going to be much longer. Um, and, you know, with release two, we've already seen, you know, the and pay capability in action. You know, the the transactions that we're sending to DFAS right now have a a 99.2% accuracy rate, which is off the charts. Um, it, it's better than any of our accuracy rates um, for any of the services to DFAS. So we're really excited to continue that for release three. So you talked about pay and I have a question. Um, so are, are you talking about, say my husband, he recently deployed to Europe, um, gets family separation pay. Is that something that would be processed through IPSE? So not for release three. So there, there are there are okay. certain things that we are processing for release three. So leave um, is one of the things that will go to DFAS for release three. Um, you know some of your BAH changes, but um, family separation and some of those entitlements will will actually pay them out of IPSE and release four. Okay. Now, what is the goal of IPSE? Is it to eliminate other programs or are we looking at empowering soldiers? Uh, truthfully, it's both. Uh, you know, we do want to make sure that we we try to collapse um, as much as we can of our legacy systems. Um, and, and when I say that, it's not only do we want to take all those legacy systems down, but, you know, in many cases, our S1 shops have you know, made another access database or they're using a separate spreadsheet to do calculations on the side um, or we submit, you know, a, a non-deployable report, which is an Excel document. We we want to build IPSE so that not just those legacy systems disappear, but also all of the associated um, extra systems that were built, our programs that were built um, to try to make up for the gaps in our legacy systems. And then soldiers, um, are, we, we're all about empowering soldiers. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I, I think folks forget sometimes that right now a soldier can't even see their record. So you've got a, you know, a soldier record brief. Um, but other than that, I mean, you have to go to your S1 to change your address. Um, so Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where a soldier is <laughs> going to be able to see their entire record. Every data element that I can see as an HR professional, now a soldier is going to be able to see on their own record, which is just unheard of. Um, so it just builds transparency in the system, but it allows them to make sure that their all of their data is correct, because if they see something that is 
that is incorrect, they can go and get it changed. By themselves? And by themselves in most cases. So they can submit a help tech. <laughs> right. You can, okay. submit a, you can submit a help test, a help desk ticket instead of having to walk to your S1. Um, yeah, it's just a different way of doing business. Um, and you can do it at any time you want. You're not subjected to the hours of, you know, people working um, sure. during the day. When the office is open. Yeah. Sergeant Major, I want to go over to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the word that I often use, and I just heard it there, you know, we, we probably use it a lot, uh, you know, within our, our team, the functional management division, but, you know, it's transparency and efficiency, right? It's uh, it's 2022. It's time for soldiers to, you know, have full visibility <laughs> of their records and not just their records, you know, their actions. Hey, when I submitted my high school stabilization or my name change or whatever that action is, you know, soldiers want to see that their action is moving along and not necessarily being stuck or have some anticipation on, on you know, when this thing might get approved, especially when it relates to things that involve sure. families, right? You know, PCSing and uh, maybe an assignment deletion or a deferment. So submitting those types of actions, you know, from an Army perspective, when we say, what is the goal of IPSA? I look at the HR community and I think modernization. You know, I, I often joke that um, you know, you look across the army and we have modernized everywhere. You know, we have new fancy weapons and equipment right. and vehicles and um, you name it in any other field we've modernized. And in the HR community, you know, we are still lagging behind with so many of these old, as Colonel Eggers mentioned, dated systems, right? Some of them that go back 10 or 20 years and many of them, you know, have these paper processes, right? Again, it's 2022 and we're carrying around blue folders with actions trying to figure out where things are at. <laughs> and, you know, it is long overdue for us to get to a place in the Army where we can take care of soldiers, provide that transparency, provide that efficiency. Um, because lastly, as you've mentioned, talking about pay, so many HR actions drive pay. And to have all of that yeah. be brought into one system and you got to start somewhere, right? So we have those nine pay impacting transactions and release three, and then we'll ultimately be integrated personnel and pay and release four. So you got to start somewhere. We got to modernize and we got to allow soldiers to see their records and, and be able to manage their careers. It, when you really think about it, the scope of what you're doing and bringing all into one thing is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, especially considering how old some of these systems are. I mean, we've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got systems written in COBOL. We've got, I mean, they're literally DOS um, coding. It's it's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to get those old oh, systems wow. to talk, obviously, is a challenge, right? But then you think about, we, sure. we don't have systems currently that have everybody in one system, right? So, you know, bringing all three components, 1.1 million users, and oh, by the way, as a part of that, you know, now we can bring all of, you know, our, our rank structure, our personnel categories together, right? Officer, enlisted, warrant officer, all in one system. So, you know, say when, when Army senior leaders need to make decisions or have a common operating picture of, of what is really going on across the force, they can see that, uh, you know, quite frankly, in one place, uh, you know, to see what exactly uh, have the information at, the, at, at their fingertips to make the decisions that, uh, need to be made off e often in a in a very you know quick or you know timely manner. They need to make decisions quickly, and this information is at their fingertips. Now, if I'm a soldier, is there anything that I need to be doing? Yeah, we absolutely need soldier participation. You know, one we've we started a campaign. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned on the last podcast, but it's called P PMCS Your Records, um, and, and we use that term, you know specifically because we thought soldiers could really relate to it um, since they PMCS their vehicles. 
Um, but really, it's looking at the data in the legacy system. So, you know, it's those we have to do these annual record re record reviews. Um, it's looking at the data that's in there and not just um, kind of rushing through the the review, but making sure that the data is correct, because at the end of the day, if the data is wrong in the legacy system, it's not going to be right in IPSA. So we do want to make sure soldiers are taking the time to do those record reviews, check their um, ATMS records, um, just to make sure we have the best data. Okay. And Sergeant Major, did you have something to add? Yeah, I think that, you know, so many soldiers don't understand where to look, right? You know, so we say do your PRR or, you know, even if they see the poster or hear a leader say, you know, hey, PMCS your records, oftentimes, you know, a young soldier who who's a, you know, PFC tanker or infantry soldier or somebody who's not mm -hmm. necessarily, uh, you know, involved or understand their their HR record, you know, they may think, all right, well, I looked at my SRB and yeah, you know, my my name's good, my rank's good, my my basic active service date's good, I'm ready to go. But, you know, as Colonel Eggers mentioned, there's we need information checked in every single area, right? Your benefits information, your family members information, what what's going on in DMDC and Mill Connect, what's going on with your training record. Hey, I graduated ALC or SLC. Is that information correct? Is that being shared to the system? Because again, we need that information to be accurate and we have the time now. We don't want soldiers to uh, you know, potentially lose any any promotion points or anything like that as we transfer records over uh, to IPSA. So we have the time now to really check our records, make sure things are right. Uh, and then when we go live into IPSA, uh, everything is good to go. Soldiers' uh, records are, are you know, up to date and ready. And, you know, we don't need to go back and make corrections on things that, quite frankly, we have the time to make corrections on right now. Now, as we've mentioned, it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Mary. I just want to add one more thing. You know, we, we do want soldiers to become familiar with IPSA. So we do have a one hour self-service course that they can log into IPSA um, and enroll and take. And it's like I said, it's an hour long. Um, it's optional, but it does give them a quick orientation to some of the the items that they're going to be doing, you know, where to go to PARS, just how to navigate an IPSA. So we do suggest if soldiers have a minute, um, you know, they take take the time to really look at that video and, and just to see kind of what's coming. And and uh, then we've got a ton of videos on our social media channels um, and on our Web page that they that they can watch anytime um, to learn more about the system. That's what I was just going to mention. Actually, your your Facebook page has a ton of information on it. Um, it's a great resource for anybody who is looking for some additional information. Um, but so as we've mentioned, Ipsay is is um, going to streamline some of these HR processes. So we asked some of the uniform folks in our building if they had any questions about Ipsay um, in one of them was about the leave form. And the question is, I have been told this will streamline the DA-31 from having to be processed the old-fashioned way. Do I still need to carry one around and sign out prior to leave if it's all digital now? Yeah, so there's a, a couple pieces to that. So streamlined, absolutely. So, um, you know, right now when you, when you do a leave form, you've got to take it to through your chain of command. Your S-1 has to, to process it. Um, they write down the dates that you um, were actually on leave, and that's where the whole sign out and sign back in comes in. Um, and then they take it over to finance to get processed in the finance system. So it's two steps. If for some reason the S-1 doesn't take it over to finance, or if there's some reason it doesn't process correctly in finance, you can have an issue. So from the very 
very first step is we've combined those transactions. So when a soldier now um, submits their leave form within IPSA, it will route to their command um, and then it will send the transaction directly to the finance system on the day the soldier takes oh. leave. So what we can do is, you know, units are really responsible and commands are responsible for how they run their you know day-to-day operations so we can't say for sure that they're sure. not going to have to sign out but the system doesn't require you to sign out um, and sign back in it will charge you the days that are on your leave form um, and if you change those days you just have to go in and request for them to be changed okay and sergeant major yeah, you know, the boss hit it right there at the end. I always like to tell folks when we go out because they get excited. Oh, I don't have to sign out anymore. Well, you know, again, IPSA is a tool, <laughs> right? This is going to improve a lot of things for us, um, but we still need engaged leadership. So it is a tool. You know, organizations will figure out how to best to use that tool for their organization. Um, you know, as Colonel Eggers mentioned, you know, it'll it'll recognize you, say, being on leave. And then when you come back from leave at the end of your, you know, uh, end of your absence, uh, it'll recognize you being present for duty. Uh, but again, that's a computer system, right? We still need an engaged leader to make sure that, in fact, a soldier is okay. So units will figure out how to use the tool. It will They will understand the efficiencies gained. Um, but again, you know, that, that engaged leadership element will still exist. And we want leaders to know that, hey, this is a tool. You, you still have the opportunity. This is not taking anything away from you. This is making you more efficient, which I think is very important. Sure. Well, and I think you brought up a good point, too. The engaged leadership part, your your leadership is still going to need to know that you actually came back from from your leave, right? I mean, lessons yep. learned, right? We've had many different <laughs> issues across the army, you know, and and they are a, a, probably a podcast or many podcasts on their own, right? We have things that we need to get right. Um, this again will just help. We we hope, you know, if used properly, uh, will help organizations be more efficient and be able to take care of people. You know, and the, I, it, you know, you mentioned, do I have to carry around a, a you know, a signed leave form? So uh, imagine your your leave form now because you have a mobile app is on your phone. So no, you don't have to print it out. I mean, if someone asks for your leave form, you just simply show them, you know, your absence request and uh, right from your phone, and 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 that's it. Which is pretty great because I I can tell you we have left for vacation after signing out and my husband's got his leave form in the car and then you're worried about it dropping and falling somewhere and just another piece of the puzzle of going on vacation. (laughs) So it'll be nice not to have that. So another question we got is about awards. And it says, I have been in the awards process in the past where the form has changed on me during processing and I had to start all over for submission or it would sit somewhere and get lost. What is the benefit of IPSA for processing awards? So awards is one of my favorite things. And maybe just because I have a lot of (laughs) scar tissue on awards processing and the amount of administrative changes and the time we spend making administrative changes on awards. Um, It seems like even when something starts at the battalion, you know, I worked as a division G1, even at the division level, there were, there was always some error sometimes that we would catch on awards, you know, just Mm -hmm. in the social security number or the, maybe the wrong unit or the name spelled wrong. Um, And so what I, one of my favorite things about IPSA is we take all of that guesswork out. So, you know, all of the information that you need to complete an award is already resident in IPSA. So when you submit, um, you know, that request, 
you're really concentrating on two things. One, what is the award? So, uh, you know, if, if you have to make sure you want to make sure that the previous awards are correct so that, you know, you're giving the person the right number of, you know, oak leaf clusters. Um, and then you're concentrating on sure. the bullets, you know, just those four bullets or however many you need to write um, rather than spending so much time on the administ checking administrative data because we hand jam all of that um, right now in the manual process. Um, and then as it routes, yep, everybody can see it. So, you know, S1s will be able to see how long it's been sitting with someone, um, has it been approved or not, and then it will actually send that award once it's signed directly to IPERM. So right now, that's a that's a manual process where we, you know, the once the award gets signed, you have the S1 then has to upload it to IPERMs. Um, and then, you know, the one thing that we still haven't uh, done is the certificate, so that will have to be uploaded. But it definitely takes takes a lot of the process out, um, the manual work um, and the issues that just with simply manually processing actions. Okay. And Sergeant Major? Those two words again, right? Transparency and efficiency. So, so <laughs> much of any awards clerk and, you know, as Colonel Egger said, you, know, you have that that scar tissue, you know, any young awards clerk listening to this is is probably, you know, jumping out of their seat thinking, hey, I don't have to send an award back because, you know, they they uh, they didn't type commander the way that we want. It wasn't in all caps or, you know, these other administrative things that we we tend to get, you know, hung up on and in, in, in our processes. Right. So um, the other thing, too, from a leader perspective, anybody who sat in a command and staff, right. Hey, where's the award at? You know, this this kind of tells a story of knowing exactly where the action is going back to my comment earlier no more of those blue folders laying around trying to figure out where things are at i always look at this whole thing from taking care of soldiers right does this make things faster does it make the process more efficient does it get the soldier it or does it get the award in the soldier's hand um you know prior to them leaving the organization these types of things so all those little things that kind of put hiccups along the way in the process i think you know ipse is going to weed those administrative um, you know, inefficiencies out uh, and allow us to get back to doing what we're supposed to be doing, and that's taking care of soldiers. Now, and one of the things that we've we've sort of mentioned already, but that will make things easier for soldiers is the app. So can we talk about how the app works? Um, if it's on your phone, obviously you don't need to use a CAC to gain it. So how is it secure? How am I using it? Can you, can you give us some de details? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the first thing is, is, you know, the app, is available through several different ways. So we, we are, it's available through the Apple Store. Um, it's available for Android users in the Google Play Store. Um, that If you have access to the Tradoc, Tradoc application gateway, you can find it there. Um, and it is, it does belong in DOD apps um, right now. So if you have a government device, you can download it on your government device um, from DOD apps. Um, you don't need a CAC to gain access to the app. However, you need a DS logon. So um, a lot of soldiers already oh. have a DS logon. They have it from MillConnect, right? <laughs> um, so they yep. should, most should be familiar with having a DS logon. So once, if you don't have one, you just need to go to MillConnect and set up your DS logon. And, and that is what gets you that CAC authentication. So, you know, the, and, and it maintains the security so that we know the app knows that it's you. So it's tied to your CAC, but it doesn't require you to have a CAC to log in. Um, and then you can do right. anything self-service, anything that you do. You can see your own record um, on your mobile device. 
Um, in the event where an HR professional may be using um, their own device or a government device, if you're logging in to, to process an action that is not your own um, or is, you know, you're accessing someone else's record, that you have to go in CAC enabled. Um, so if, if I'm a if I have an iPhone and I have a Thursby, which is a device that, you know, is a CAC reader for my iPhone, I could use my personal device as an HR professional to say, uh, you know, to approve the actions that I have waiting for me. Um, but for the most part, we think that, you know, HR professionals going to be doing that, you know, in their daily, the, their, their daily business. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty secure. It's a front end. It's, it's no less secure than your banking and your personal, um, you know, their personal service apps. Right. I mean, we do everything on our phone now, yeah. right? So, <laughs> Sergeant Major? 2022, what a time to be alive, right? So one thing I do want to make <laughs> sure that we make clear for soldiers. So, you know, as Colonel Eggers mentioned, soldiers can go in, they have full access, you know, be able to access their records and do the things that they need to do. Um, you know, soldiers in IPSA can do their DD-93 themselves, and they will need to log in with uh, CAT capability because that is a requirement to sign the form. So DD-93 is one caveat for soldiers uh, using the CAC. And yes, at the very end, she mentioned it, right? If you are logged into a government furnished, you know, device um, and you have those uh, CAC and, you know, CAC enabled efficiencies on that device, you know, that commander who needs to, I don't know, go in and look at that stack of awards or whatever they need to do, right? They can be out doing their battlefield circulation, still not have to come back to the office to a stack of blue folders. They have the ability, as long as it is CAC enabled, uh, to go through and, and start getting through those actions during the day. So again, gained efficiencies in the system. Like a virtual Absolutely. stack of packets. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, so I know you guys are super busy. Um, there is so much going on with IPSA. But before I let you guys go, is there anything else that we didn't get to that you just want to take a minute to mention? And I'll start with you, Colonel Eggers. Yeah, you know, we can't stress training enough. This is our weapon system. So we need all of our HR professionals to complete the training that they need so they can be provisioned. But we also have a requirement for leaders. Um, you know, leaders have a one hour course. And, and when we say leaders, we mean anybody who has to access someone else's record to even just look at an action that's considered a leader. So um, they need to take that one hour course. So we, you know, they make sure that when we turn this thing on, um, they actually have access um, and the roles that they need to be able to just start from from day one. Um, you know, we've got our training completion rates are not where we would want them to. We're still hovering around 80 percent. So we really just want to make sure everybody's taking the time that they need right now while we have a little bit um, to finish up that training so that uh, we're, we can hit the ground running when we go live. Um, and then, of course, visit our website. We've got a lot of content on, you know, not just our website, our, our YouTube page, um, our all our social media account accounts, um, and simply ask questions. If you have a question, just ask us. If it's associated with Ipsay, you know, you can send me, Sar Major, any one of the team members, you know, a message mm -hmm. directly. We want we want folks to to reach out if they have questions. Uh, we've we are we. We don't want to leave any questions unanswered. And we'll be sure in our show notes to link all of your social media and your website as well, just to make it easy for listeners to get to. Awesome. So Sergeant Major, over to you. Yeah, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, the boss and I both want everybody to know no one wants this thing to go live more than our team, right? You know, uh, <laughs> we are we are in, you know, just anticipating 
the moment that, you know, we get to quote unquote completion, right? It's a, I, I tell folks, it's not really the finish line, right? This is a start line. Once we go live, that that's when the whole new world starts. Years of, of Absolutely. old processes are now gone and now we're moving into a new way of doing things. So we're getting to the start line, but you know, the team is really working hard, um, you know, putting, uh, leaving no stone unturned. Um, they understand what it's like to be in those S1 foxholes, right? So they're doing everything they can to make this uh, more efficient for soldiers and a better way for leaders to take care of soldiers and their families. Um, you know, continue to train. We, we've mentioned a few different training opportunities, whether that's, you know, you're an HR professional, if you're maybe just lagging behind a little bit, maybe you're coming from a special duty recruiter or drill sergeant, go ahead and get those things done uh, so you can get back and get in a fight and be ready. Um, you know, leader training, we mentioned the soldier self-service. That's a great opportunity for soldiers to understand what is IPSA going to do for them. Um, you know, and then I would say to the HR community, you know, with this, you know, a little bit of given time, uh, we got to be honest with ourselves and say, hey, are we ready or, or are we giving our commanders and leaders um, the best opportunity to be successful here? Right. So what does that mean? Brownout and cutover. Let's let's rehearse brownout and cutover a little bit more. How are we going to operate during that time? Uh, so there's things that we can do within our S1s, G1s, our HR formations to make sure that we, in fact, are ready. So, um, you know, when the system goes live. We are a con combat enabler uh, for our commanders and leaders. And then, uh, as Colonel Eggers mentioned, you know, we are all over social media. I don't think we have a TikTok. She's a little bit more hip than me. So unless we get a TikTok, you won't, you won't <laughs> find us on there. But uh, I would highlight S1Net, right? So the website's got tons of information. We got loads of information on Facebook and YouTube and podcasts. But S1Net really, all of our... Um, you know, upcoming training opportunities, things that we're trying to get to the field, recordings of training opportunities if you couldn't make one. S1Net is, is uh, from my seat, really the place that an HR professional can kind of go for a one-stop shop and say, hey, all right, I have everything that I need right here uh, to go back and get uh, caught up on something they may have missed. So we do appreciate your time and thanks so much for having us. Well, thank you again. And it was great talking to you guys again, learning more about IPSE. Um, and maybe next time we talk, the you'll have updates after it has gone live and soldiers have been using it. Um, but thanks again for joining me and thank you for sharing all of this great information. That's it for this episode and we'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can watch full video episodes on YouTube. Just search for The Force Come Frontline. And we'll see you next time on The Frontline. Line.